0: The end goal in mind should be how can I make this relationship um, easygoing and trustworthy so the person on the other end would trust me and would trust me with anything, whether it's their money, whether it's their life.
1: Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer. With me today, I'm excited to have Alina Trigob. Alina, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Todd. Thanks for having me. I'm
1: really excited to be on your show. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, we had the pleasure to meet, what, maybe uh, 10 months ago, uh, about? Uh, last about. October, I think. Uh, I think you're
0: right, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was great. And uh Want to learn more about you? Wanted to bring you on to tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing, and uh, and help them out. So why don't you give your background uh, and what you do? Sure. Um,
0: so hi everyone. My name is Alina Tregup I'm the founder and the managing partner of Semo Financial. Um, I started my career in general um, in in accounting industry um, after I went for a degree in accounting. Um, I thought I would give it a try, even though I never liked accounting. So I spent in tax accounting um, roughly about five, six years, and after trying both public and private world, and realizing that wasn't for me, I switched to information technology world, uh, where I work to the to this day. And while uh, growing in my career, um, most of the roles essentially involved being the sort of the liaison between the business and technology folks and connecting the two. And while working in technology, um, I always had thought about taxes because while both my husband and I were growing in our careers, so were our incomes and um, sort of taxes, of course, and I always thought like I need to find a way to minimize taxes. And as a former tax accountant, um, I was doing the research and obviously real estate was uh, one of the best choices out there to lower taxes. So it's been on my mind for many years, but I haven't taken action until roughly uh, six or seven years ago when I finally decided that I, I got to start doing the research, I got to start taking action. So after doing the research, trying to find something locally in uh, New Jersey area where I live and realizing that, um, you know, the cap rates are just way too low and the numbers just not gonna work for me personally. Um, I decided to go out-of-state and uh, as the out-of-state strategy I uh, uh, decided to start with syndications again that that was one of the strategies I came across of while doing the research so I started my investing career if you will uh, by being an equity partner in other people's syndications. and um, after doing that for several years and seeing the tremendous benefits um, that that way of investing would bring to people where it was in addition to passively investing, there were also uh, tax benefits uh, to that and plus a way to build wealth and generate that residual income without literally no interruption to your personal day-to-day life. I decided that I wanted to help other people around me do the same thing because most people never heard of syndications. Um, including myself, prior to seven years ago, so I started my own company roughly over two years ago, with that sole purpose of helping other folks build that wealth, and um, that's uh, where I'm at today, um, helping people build their wealth and investing passively in education, in educations, and essentially educating them, explaining them what they can do and how they can do it with their um, self-directed IRAs and whatnot and, and cash and so forth, and explaining. Um, about different asset classes they can potentially invest. So That's in a nutshell, my story.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. So you're with syndication. So you're raising, you're raising money now um, as a, as a partner on these deals, everybody wants to know, you know, how do I raise money? Some people say it's really easy. Some people say it's super hard. You know, it doesn't matter, I guess, whether it's easy or hard, a lot of people just don't even know what to do and, like, where to start. Give us some groundwork, like, where do you start? How do you even get started? And then how do you get to where you're at? What are some tips and strategies you can give us?
0: Sure. And um, just, you know, to to, um, level set, it's not just raising money for for us because we also do evaluate and underwrite um, each and every deal we see to yeah. make sure that it fits our criteria, to make sure that this is the deal that uh, we want to work on and um, mm-hmm. help uh, bring it to, to conclusion because we uh, enter every deal and we even help asset manage the deals as well. Um, but in general, in terms of raising money, um, I don't look at it as raising money. I look at it as establishing and building relationship. That's that's what it comes down to. Um, you. Uh, it, you don't look at it as, hey, I, I need to get a million or five million or whatever the sum of money is today. You have to look at it from a standpoint, what can I do to help other people build their wealth? And how can I make it so that I'm not the one reaching out to people, but on the contrary, they are the ones reaching out to me and saying, hey, can you help me invest in real estate? And, and you point me in the right direction on finding the right opportunity. And when you look at it from that angle, from that perspective, um, it becomes a lot easier. So just like um, having a baby, you know, a woman has to get pregnant first and it takes nine months to, uh, to get to the point when the baby is born the same thing. Uh, comes down to establishing and building the relationship and by no means i'm saying it's going to take nine months um, it could take a year it could take six months or it could take five years for some people to make that decision and start investing with you but yeah. essentially um, you you need to start building the relationship way before you have an offer and way before you want to bring investors to you and you build the relationship not with the end goal in mind of Making that person, or these people you invested, in, you building you building relationship with the end goal of helping people one way or another, and it doesn't even have to be real estate investing. Or at least that's how I look at things. One of the great books that um, I think um, helped me in general to build relationship and help me in professional and personal career was Dale Carnegie how to win friends um, and influence people. Yeah. Where Dale talks about uh, what it takes to build a relationship and uh, you should approach that by uh, a- adding value to other people. So s- same applies to building relationship with these potential investors. When you approach someone, when you start the conversation, uh, first of all, make that conversation about the person on the other end. Just like Todd, for instance, you are asking me questions and I'm talking about myself right now, rented this as an interview. But in general, if this was a uh, two people conversation, um, I would be the one asking you questions and trying to learn more about you, your family, your past life, how what that you got from being a teacher to becoming a syndicator and so forth. And uh, showing genuine interest in that path of uh, becoming a syndicator and taking that role and taking uh, and going through all of that obstacles uh, would be the typical progression that I would take uh, uh, the person that I would be speaking to showing genuine interest and really making it about the person on other end not about myself um that's that's very very critical in establishing and building that relationship and again the end goal in mind should be how can I make this relationship um easygoing and trustworthy so the person on the other end would trust me and would trust me with anything whether it's their money whether it's their life or whether it's a personal story whatever it is uh, but truly genuine relationship and and that's the best way to um, establish that connection and uh, build the investor base
1: yeah a lot, lot of great stuff and I'm just gonna summarize a few things that you said because I think there was a ton in there and uh, obviously the listeners you should probably rewind and go through a lot of that because there's a a lot of value that was just dropped there right there. But first of all, establishing and building relationships and you, you want to understand that raising money is not about, as Alina said, it's it's not about raising money necessarily. We don't want to go into it with a mindset of asking for money, trying to get that money. We're trying to establish a relationship, relationship to provide value to them. And that's really what I got a lot about what you said. You want to help them. You want to engage, um, in their interests. You want to have interest in them. You want to build that trust and you want them to come to you, not the other way around. And and I found it so much easier to when I changed my mindset from, I need to ask for money to I'm providing them an opportunity That's a big difference. That's a totally different mindset than I'm asking for money. And, you know, everything you said there just rings so true um, when we're trying to establish relationships and build, build that rapport. Hi, I'm Matt Jones, and if you're like me, you're looking to grow your real estate business while connecting with others. There's this incredible new virtual experience unlike any other. I'm talking about the North Star Real Estate Conference. It's coming to you online this October 22nd and 23rd, and it's not like one of those boring webinars you find out all the time out there. No, this is gonna be interactive. You're gonna have the opportunity to network and grow relationships with not only the other attendees, but with the speakers as well. So you can sign up today, online at nreconference.com and use the code DEX, D-E-X, for $50 off.
0: to your point, the same questions can be asked two different ways. Um, You can come to someone and tell them, hey, I have this great opportunity, you want to invest with me? Or you can just come to that very same person and say, I have this incredible opportunity. Um, it's going to do so and so, and this is what it's going to provide, and this is the strategy I'm going to implement. Um, I just hope I have enough space to accommodate all of uh, the investors that want to be with me and leave it at that. And you know, it, it, it can make wonders. Magic will we'll work for itself. Again, because because of the pre-existing relationship, because the person you're talking to already knows your track record, knows your credibility, and knows how trans what trans what i mean worthy and transparent you are
1: yeah right there i mean you just totally different you said the same thing but totally different right yep and and one somebody's gonna you know maybe a few people are interested in the first approach but the second approach you basically said look you might be lucky enough to get in but this is an amazing deal where the first one you're like hey can 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 you give me money? Right, and it's totally right. different. So I love it. I love it. Um, when when you're looking like these deals right now, and well, where the market is right now, where where are you kind of at? Are you looking at continuing to raise money in deals? You have a pause button. Um, where is your mindset right now?
0: So I, I was at a pause initially, uh, you know, with the initial shock, just like everyone else mm-hmm. at, at the beginning. Um, at this point, um, I am uh, actively engaged and actively speaking with potential partners. And some of the things we're doing are just uh, pure joint ventures because these are smaller deals and no. others are potential syndications. And uh, what changed is our requirements, are. Have become a lot stricter, obviously, but so are the lenders' requirements. They have a lot stricter requirements for uh, for the operators, uh, w- which is great. And you know, I'm happy that um, these requirements are a lot stricter because what that entails is that whoever does decide to go work on a deal um, will plan for that extra capital. And uh, we'll have the strategy that will be able to support um, whatever economy has in front of us, and we'll, we'll change, we'll shift their mind, and we'll change the strategy because, um, you know, if we are to enter into recession, we may not potentially be able to raise rents maybe for the next two three years. Who knows? Yeah. And I I want to go into the investment with that assumption. I don't want to. If I see an investment now that tells me, hey, we're gonna raise rents by $100 from day one, and we're gonna have zero vacancy, to me, those are all red flags. I'm not gonna go into that investment. I'm not even gonna consider it. But if on the contrary, the underwriting says, uh, we are raising rents, by, let's say, I don't know, $10, or not raising at all the first year, and we're only doing renovations on a need-be basis for the next year or two. And then we're looking at expenses that are 50% and maybe they'll remain 50% for the next three years. Those are the things that I will consider. I I wanna make sure that it's conservative enough that it can support whatever the changes are ahead of us and whatever the changes the political campaign and the presidential elections is gonna bring to us because the changes are coming um, you know, we don't know who's going to be the next president, but it will definitely impact the real estate one way or the other. And I want whatever offering is ahead of us, um, I want that offering to be based on um, all of that information together and be able to um, ride through the recession, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can't 100% predict the future. We can't understand where everything is going, but we can use the knowledge that we have right now to protect our investments and our investors to, you know, set ourselves up for success. You know, obviously there's still unpredictability, um, but as you're talking, that's what you're talking about, covering some of that unpredictability. The beautiful thing about some of the changes in the, in the underwriting with the lenders is it allows people that are conservative like you to actually potentially even get deals uh, that you maybe wouldn't have got when underwriting was loose.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I
1: agree. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say something too about building relationships. And, and you mentioned this and I wanted to, I forgot to say this. Um, you mentioned about not waiting to build relationships. And I think that's what a lot of people make that mistake is they don't have a deal. They haven't done a deal and they try to get that deal and then they go build the relationships or they assume that Well, somebody told me raising money was really easy, and so I'm just going to, once I get this deal, I, I'm going to raise, uh, you know, it's only a million dollars. I can raise it because I know doctors or I know whoever. It's not that easy, right? Building the relationship first is way more important than assuming that they're all in on your deal. Absolutely.
0: I I, I couldn't agree more. And again, when going to build relationship, you you have to start with the end goal in mind of providing value to the other person, even if the conversation at first sight will not touch real estate or even at second sight. But uh, one way or the other, it will come to that because uh, one of the questions people ask each other is, what do you do? and uh, you you can talk about what you do but you don't have to and actually you shouldn't be selling anything you can just Mm -hmm. talk about your business uh, why you started it why you're doing it why you're believing in it and why it makes sense for you personally it it should not be uh, a sales speech but it should rather be a personal story and if you tell that as a story then uh, it's not looked uh, as uh, some sort of Uh, precaution that the person looks at you with an open mind because they know you're not selling anything and that Mm -hmm. allows them to be a lot more open-minded and a lot more relaxed and when someone is relaxed they're adjusting the information a lot easier as opposed to hey i know it's a sales pitch and i need to finish riding in that elevator to to get to the end of that sales pitch because i don't want to hear it anymore So you want to avoid that kind of situation at all costs
1: so, so true. There's a difference between, you know, a, a lot of people say, hell, have your elevator pitch. I don't like, I, I think that's gross. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. You need to have, you need to know what you're going to say, right? You need to be able yep. to explain what you do and you need to explain it in a positive way and in, in the, the, a way with energy, but you don't need to have a pitch. Right. right. To me, that's kind of like, oh, that's gross. Like I don't want to meet you and be pitched by you. So why do I want to be pitching other people? Um, so you need to have that first time contact, to understand what you're doing. But as you said, you don't need to sound salesy. Talk about what you do, go ahead. And then let, let, let them ask the questions, let them lead. If they're interested in what you do, they're going to, they're going to ask the questions because sure. they don't care about what you do. Well, then they're going to talk about something else. Well, then of course. that's fine maybe they'll come later and be interested it's okay or maybe it's For,
0: for sure for sure and you know the conversation ultimately in a lot of situation may come back to real estate for instance um i had this conversation uh, a long time ago with someone whose uh, daughter was getting married and you know we we got to when we got to the kids he started talking about his daughter and how they were setting up the wedding and the wedding hall and then he started telling me about the history of this wedding hall and this that it was recently purchased and renovated and he was talking about this developer and i'm like yeah this is a very well-known developer in the area and we it essentially, at the end of uh, the conversation, we ended up talking about real estate and this developer and how great, how many great things he was doing in the area and how great this the new wedding hall was. So, yeah, all roads lead to real estate. Yeah,
1: yeah, awesome. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, I want to know what's a mistake that you've made along the way and how have you learned from it?
0: Uh, I made many mistakes just like everyone else. Um, it's, uh, you know, you, unfortunately you learn better from your own mistakes than from someone else's. So, uh, many years ago, uh, this was one of the first mistakes, um, during the crash, my husband and I decided to start investing. Um, but I, I we, we weren't sophisticated investors at the time. We essentially just, uh, so followed the trend uh, all of our friends were buying at the time and they were buying in Philadelphia area because it was cheap. We just followed the trend went to philly but bought the first house was so and we ended up having so many troubles with it from um, stolen copper pipes to uh, bomb to you know people uh, stealing other things within the house to um, having it vacant for a while to then selling it at, the, at a huge loss. No, you, you learn from your own mistakes. The second time I entered real estate, which was seven years ago, I did a ton of research, um, a lot of underwriting, um, a lot of due diligence and follow-up before I even invested in that
1: first yeah, 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 definitely doing your research, understanding what you're getting into, right? It's so critical. And a lot of people, and I don't know exactly what your mindset was, but a lot of people see that, oh, I can get into this property for a good price. I'm on paper it looks really good and they buy it and not understanding the whole yeah. how real estate really works and like yep. what could go wrong it looks great on paper sometimes uh, but it can go wrong still yeah
0: exactly uh, exactly same really happened with yeah no same happened with us during uh that, that time we essentially bought it because it looked good on paper yeah. we had no idea what uh, uh, kind of tenants we can get. We had no idea. We didn't even do the research as to what kind of area it was. And it mm-hmm. turned out to be not such a great area of Philadelphia. And uh, the tenants uh, were mostly people on assistance, uh, very few of them worked. So getting a good quality tenant was, was a problem. So we suffered through the property for a number of years until we decided that we wanted to just get rid of it and sold it at the law afterwards.
1: Yeah, definitely. What's um, you know, you you, you got this full time job. You're full time still, right? Still. Yeah. And then you're doing this, and so you're doing a lot. Uh, and a lot of people want to figure out how they can do more. And like, how can how can I start something like this? What are like maybe three success habits that you've built to allow you to both work a full time job, have a life and also have this business? Uh,
0: I, I think uh, the the habits come over time and they don't come naturally, but they come uh, by, I guess, nature of force. And that force comes by educating yourself and surrounding yourself with the right people. So I, I started reading personal development books, probably around the same time I started uh, thinking about real estate, uh, such books as Miracle Morning or Awaken a Giant Within, um, a really good examples of helping someone to not just change your mind overnight, that's not possible at all, but starting to think differently and starting um, to being open to opportunities that you haven't thought about before. Um, In terms of the time management, I would say one of the best books that I've read has been One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Um, The the book clearly articulates uh, of how you're supposed to concentrate on that one thing. And I believe they talk about time blocking as well. Um, But essentially you have to set your mind on something and um, If if you have the driving force behind it, which is also actually excellently detailed by Simon Sinek in um, what's your why or something with why I forget the the title of this book, or start with why.
1: Start with why I think it is. Start with
0: why. Yeah. So again, you need to have the reason why you're doing what you're doing strong enough. If the reason is strong enough, and for me, it's my family, um, if I you know, I want to create and build a better future for my family, my husband and I are both immigrants, so we want to make sure that at all costs, our children uh, are avoid going through what uh, my husband and I have gone through when we were younger, when we immigrated to state Um, And by having that mindset of building that better future for my family, um, I'm able to get through all the obstacles and challenges on my way, because believe it or not, regardless whether you're active or passive or whatever you do, whether you're starting a business or investing in real estate, there will always be obstacles. But if you have the right mindset, if you're driven enough and you know that you have that end goal in mind, you will be able to get through them some are smaller obstacles some are larger but if if you have the reason why that's strong enough that's driving you to get through it that will help you wake up every morning get up and go and um, set up the clock and dedicate some some time to your full-time job some time to your family some time to your business whatever it is but uh, you'll be driven enough and uh, you'll have the time organized well enough to do this Um, obviously there are other things in life that you may need to sacrifice for instance in my case i decided that uh watching tv was not essential for me so i still watch tv but maybe a couple times a month that's it again i don't care Um, enough about tv to watch it i do care more about my family uh, my job in real estate so i I put that as a priority other people might be able to give up their hobbies or maybe they'll shorten the time they spend on their hobbies whatever it is Uh, but you need to decide what what's more important for you at this point in time and that will help you to drive you through it and that will help you to reprioritize your things and um, allocate enough time on um, whatever you want to do and in terms of real estate if you don't have enough time just become a passive investor it could be syndications or it could be lending or something else but there are many ways to be active or passive investors and um, depending on your time and bandwidth you can become either one and i actually um, recently found the time to write up a training so the training is how to select Um, the best real estate investing niche that's suitable to yourself and it actually uh, talks about that that you know you might not be active investor but you may be passive investor Uh, but you you need to get through that exercise to figure out how much time you have that's number one and number two um, what do you want to do with that time because you may have 10-15 hours a week But you may not want to spend all of it on real estate. You maybe want to go fishing or hiking. So those are the things that need to be weighed in, figured out, and then put together to determine what type of investing is best suited to you.
1: I I think, I mean, a lot of really good stuff. And I'll speak to the last one. And a lot of people think that they need to be active right away. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, I got to buy... They got to buy uh, properties to be a property investor. And so oh, I don't have a ton of money. So I'm just going to go buy a duplex or buy a single family house or whatever. And they might buy it, even buy it out of state because it's cheaper somewhere else. Yep. And that's what they go do. And they think, I, I got to be active. I got to go do it. And they buy it. And then they think, oh, man, this is terrible. I can't do this. And exactly. some, a lot of people burn out. They're done. That's it. They, they, they tried it. And that, that's when you, you're at like the family function and the, you know, the uncle says, I, I did real estate. Real estate's terrible. You know, that's the type. You know, there's a lot of people that, that do that. They got the full-time job. But they think they have to be this active real estate investor. And there's so many other ways about it. There's you know, what you're doing. You're, you're partnering with people. You're forming partnerships. And forming partnerships is such a, a great way to do it. You're active, but you're also leveraging other people right? You're leveraging other people to do some of the tasks that either you you don't like, you're not good at, or you just don't have time to do. And so why not leverage other people to be able to do that or be passive, completely passive, so many different strategies. So um, where can, can, by the way, where can they find that? You said you had a special report. Is it out yet?
0: It's uh, not a report. It's actually a training. Yes, I put that training on Udemy. Um, I can Send you the link uh, for those awesome. that are interested in that training. But yeah, I recently completed it and just put it on Udemy literally last week.
1: Okay, great, great. So if you can send that to me, we'll put it on the show notes. That way, people can catch that and uh, and check it out because I think that'd be a great resource for them. A um, couple last questions. What's a, you've mentioned several books, but I'm going to ask you for for either one more or maybe even a repeat of what you've already said. But what's a, a book that you want to recommend to our listeners?
0: Um, my favorite is an ancient book. It's over hundred years old. It's called "The Richest Man in Babylon." Mm. Uh, I forgot the author's name. Jim Crayson I think something like that. But yeah, "The Richest Man in Babylon" is the best book in a sense that it, the foundations of it, even though it was written so long ago, it's still very true. Uh, the author talks about how you're supposed to pay yourself first before you. Everyone else, and he explains goes into lengthy explanation as to why you're supposed to do it and what you will end up with if you do it. Love that book.
1: Yeah, definitely a good book. Um, How do you like to give back?
0: Uh, I try to volunteer in uh, children-related organizations. Um, Some of it through my job, some of it through um, the the local community organizations, but typically. (laughs) Um, we um, we have a bunch of charter schools in the area, and I, I like to go and present in front of the kids, talk about career changes, talk about choosing the right career, we talk about the importance of college, and a few times we, we've done with them uh, hackathons where the kids would have like a business case of how they need to build a business, and it would be like four or five hour event, and um, I would be a coach for one of the teams helping them uh, put that business plan together and decide on a business strategy. And it, it was amazing to, to see the transformation after spending with the kids two, three hours, how they would start to think as a business folks and how would they put that business strategy together and then present it at the end of the event. I, I really enjoyed
1: it. I love it. I love it. Like near and dear to my heart. Um, last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation?
0: Um, I think uh, the first one is, as I mentioned earlier, to have a drive. You, you need to have a strong enough drive uh, that will drive you through all the challenges and obstacles on your way towards yeah. that wealth creation. Um, and as I said, in my, in my case, it's my family. My family is driving me, and my family is truly supportive. Everyone from my husband to my kids to my mom, everyone is very, very supportive of what I'm doing, and it helps a lot the second thing you need to have uh the right mindset and, and again that will not come overnight I, I guarantee but if you continue working on yourself reading the books talking to people attending events like for me one of the great events that i really enjoyed and was truly transformational was uh tony robbins um um something about your destiny yeah. he he yeah. came to jersey in 2018 and I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't planning on. But then a number of my friends, real estate investors, were saying, "Oh, I'm going to Tony Robbins' event." And you know, I, I heard it from so many people that finally decided I, I gotta check it out. I mean, so many investors are going; it must be worth a while their time. So I, I signed up and w- went with uh, one of my friends, and the, the experience was just incredible. You know, from uh, walking on call to seeing the guy uh, in his 60s on stage for over 12 hours with no food or drink. It, it was incredible. And, you know, standing and presenting and all his coaches, I mean, he has a truly incredible team uh, of amazing people. And you know, what he was able to do with the audience, um, it, it was really transformational experience. I really, really enjoyed that. It helped a lot. But, you know, I'm grateful that it was pre-COVID and we could still go uh, dance together, jump together, and you, you do all those activities. I'm sure we wouldn't be allowed to do all of that now. Yeah, yeah. And the third pillar of building wealth is uh, continuous education. It's extremely important to continuously educating yourself. Uh, regardless what you do, you could be an expert in one field, like you said, uh, you know, maybe you're great at asset management or maybe you're great with numbers. Continue educating yourself in other things because, um, education is knowledge and power, and it also opens up new opportunities. So uh, I am a true believer of continuing uh, ed- educating myself in ver- various fields in real estate and beyond.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, Alina, I really appreciate you joining us on the show, talking about your journey, talking about uh, strategies for for bringing relationships to the table, for bringing money into deals. Um, for, you know, educating yourself, uh, for, for strategies to get into different, you know, whatever real estate works for you. I really appreciate all the value you brought to the show. What's the way our listeners can get in touch with you, have a conversation, learn more about you? Uh,
0: sure, Tab. they can find me through my website, which is um, or LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes. Again, really appreciate you coming on the show and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you, Todd. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me.